Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. All right, welcome, and it is uh, one guy and a mic, actually, today. One guy, well, actually, it's one guy and two mics. That'd be a better name for today's show. Michael Moreau in the studio. So we got one guy, we got two mics, and we got lots of sports to talk about, including October baseball heating up as well. It should be a little football preview. Michael Moreau, by the way, I found out uh, yesterday from producer extraordinaire David Olson, who apparently got his orders from up top that there will be no Monday show this week. No Monday show. Because of uh, Columbus Day. Oh, okay. And by the way, happy Columbus Day to you and yours. Just keep your hands off mine. <laughs> uh, but that's our you know, Monday Night Football preview of the Bears and the Lions. I guess we'll have to work on that tomorrow. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we may have to do that tomorrow. But, uh, you know, hey, the powers the be say no Monday show in honor of Columbus Day. Yes, David? You blame the calendar for it because all the major holidays this year have all fallen on weekends. Okay. So we get ten company holidays a year. Okay. Uh, and since... Fourth of July, Christmas, New Year's, everything boom, is on the boom, weekend. Boom, All right. We get the lesser holidays. Monday's the day off. Find me the man who made the calendar for this year. Who's in charge of dates around here? Want to talk to that man immediately. By the way, I do need to get my 2012 calendar. One of the, uh, to show you where my life is, Mike, one of the highlights of my holiday season is purchasing the 2012 calendar and marking all the dates on there and filling it all up. You know what? That's coming before you know it, so it's not a, it's not actually not a bad idea to purchase one. <laughs> But when, when it's something you look forward to that much, you you start to check your priorities in life, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I am so list-oriented, and it's worse and worse every year. I'm becoming like a list-aholic. Seriously. I mean, my short-term memory, if I think of something that's important to do, if I don't write it down right away, I cannot recall it. My ability to pull some thought processes from as little as literally like five or ten seconds is gone. Short-term memory loss, I, you know, I only half-kiddingly say I might be in early-stage Alzheimer's. I hope that's not true. But whatever the case, so I mark everything down. So on my 2011 calendar, on the back page, I've got all these dates written down already for 2012. That's that's what kind of a list. I mean, it's like Phil. Oh, wow. I, I, wish I, I, I wish I was that organized. Well, no, you don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you don't wish you were that or A little bit more, but is organization a slight problem with you? Uh, not it's not that bad. I just okay. I think I could step it up a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, Eddie, everyone can be a little more organized. All right. So. All right. Well, we'll see if we can work on that. Maybe there's a happy meeting between the two of us, huh? Yeah, probably so. <laughs> yes, sir. Handful of almonds every day increase your brain power. Yeah, that I do. I'm a long time almond guy. In fact, I even eat uh, instead of peanut butter sandwiches now. Often I go uh, almond butter, which is delicious, by the way. I think it's too runny. Well, you got to buy the right kind. I don't like the stuff with the sediment on top. But there is almond butter you can... Well, no, no, they, uh, all of them have sediment on top because no. it separates itself. No, nope, not all of them. The I good found... organic stuff does. Well, mine's it's, the processed stuff. Well, there you go. That's why. <laughs> Never had it. I wish. I mean, I'm not. I might be allergic to almond butter, actually. Oh, it's good stuff. I'm allergic to tree nuts. Mm-hmm. At least I know pecans and walnuts for sure. Yeah. And so I've taken nurses' advice. They say stay away from the rest of them until you get further tested. 
You're uh, taking a whose advice? A nurse's? Yeah, multiple nurses have told me to stay away from other tree nuts until you're you're tested for them. Wow. The hell with the nuts and the allergies. I'm more interested in the multiple nurses Mike is talking about. <laughs> allergies like that are nothing to uh, mess around with. My my youngest has got a peanut allergy. Yeah. Oh, we, no, we, those we, are... we, we found that out the hard way. Yeah. yeah. So. No, those, those are very, very serious and very tough for a kid to deal with. And parents, of course. Trying to prevent it. There's just so many ways that uh, it can sneak through. Interesting. Interesting. All right, well, we'll talk about uh, multiple nurses and allergies along with the sports talk here. Michael Moreau in studio. Mike, you're becoming our, our go-to guy as a fill-in for the big dog. By the way, the big dog out uh, reportedly anyways. This is what he's telling us. In Cancun, Mexico with some friends enjoying a, a five-day stay, all-inclusive, by the way. Wow. But in case the big dog is listening now, have you ever done one of those Cancun all? I, I've never experienced. I haven't. I've I've never been to Mexico. Okay. It would, I've heard things about those all inclusive trips, yeah, and yeah. I've heard I've heard great things. Mm-hmm. Can't say what I, happens in Cancun. Who know? I don't know if multiple nurses are included in the all inclusive. <laughs> they, they probably are down in. But an, I, I can guarantee you this trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you've never all been, inc- if you've never been to Mexico, Cancun is the place to start. Yeah. It's uh-huh. it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Crystal clear waters, white sand beaches. Uh, nice. Nice little sailboating, little parasailing. Take a little float out of the water, back in your little chair on the beach. You get a couple of good books. By the way, I am reading the Roger Ebert Life Itself book. Just started on that. Thank you very much. Um, did, did you purchase it or uh, take it out of your local library? Actually purchased it. I would like to borrow that from you when you're finished. You got it. I'm in the early stages, and I'm only reading it at night, and I get about – my ability to read at night is very limited. I get about three pages per night. So uh, don't hold your breath, David. It might be a while before, but you are more than welcome to uh, to read it. It's outstanding. Well, well, anyhow, Big Dog is in Cancun, so, Michael, you're filling in for him again. At least that's the story he told us. You know the Big Dog better than me. With him, <laughs> it could be anywhere. I mean, I hope he's not making another trip to Cancun. That would that'd be that'd be amazing. No, I guarantee he's looked through the uh, room service menu to see if multiple nurses is included, <laughs> but probably not. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. If you're out there, you want to check in, talk some sports, get us off the sports page. More than willing to do that. Eminem man Michael Moreau with the coach today here in the two guys in a Mike show. We got to talk some baseball. I noticed you're wearing the Missouri shirt, Mike. We talk about your Mizzou ball club a lot. Uh, Real quick before the baseball news, which is first and foremost, a little football preview coming up, but I saw Missouri in the news a little bit as a tidbit, and apparently the rumor, not the rumor, but the disclosure is that Missouri is probably going to join the Southeast Conference, but the surprising thing was the the person who came out with the statement said the Big Ten was the first choice, but the Big Ten did not offer. You know, Can I'm- you confirm and or deny it it only makes sense for Missouri to want for the Big Ten to want to be the number one choice. It's geographically it's a better fit than the SEC. Great number of academic schools in the Big Ten and great tradition and acad- and athletics in the pro in in the overall conference location and location. And so it would obviously be the better fit. But the Big the Big Ten doesn't want to expand. I think they're set for. A very long time before expanding mm-hmm. to any team, but I think with the SEC, I think all it is 
with going to the SEC is money and stability. I don't think anyone at Missouri really trusts the Big 12, or should I say they trust Texas or Oklahoma, who are basically running the conference. Mm-hmm. Well, somehow at this point, do you think, well, two questions. First, you say Missouri's a logical fit for the Big Ten. I haven't heard anything, but when the Big Ten was looking for another team, did Missouri lobby in addition to Nebraska? Nebraska won the sweepstakes. We didn't hear anything about that. But I guess I, my question to you as a Missouri grad and a uh, sports insider, how uh, how badly did Missouri want that slot that Nebraska did end up getting? Or well, not? depending on who you talk to, they'll say a lot. Well, I know pers- uh, Well, I heard the governor. The governor definitely was all about going to the Big Ten. He was the one lobbying for Pre- it. Pre-Nebraska. Pre-Nebraska. Okay. And when there were rumors that Missouri would be one of the teams along with Nebraska to join, you know, he, the governor was saying, why not join? But you never actually heard anyone from Missouri say that. And so when Nebraska left, Missouri took a lot of blame for it. Hmm. When really, really, I think you have to look at Texas and this whole problem. They want, you know, they have their own network now. They, Threaten to leave before, and you know it's their way or their highway. And so, it's funny how Missouri gets a lot of the blame, and Texas, from and from my advantage point, you know, is not really getting much of the blame with conference realignment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Missouri, and it seems like as much as I like having Nebraska in the Big Ten, if Missouri wanted in. As a Big Ten, long-time, long-time fan, it's just my thought, and I would think most Big Ten fans would say, hey, and again, it's nice having Nebraska, but Missouri would have been a much more natural fit. So I wonder why they picked Nebraska. And again, I didn't hear any controversy about the battle between the two teams, but boy, Missouri and the Big Ten, as you have stated, would seem like just a perfect fit. It would, and I think a lot of Missouri fans welcome the move. Mm -hmm. But, you know, personally, I think the best move for Missouri – is not to go to the SEC. I think it's to keep the conference together. Everyone says it's a, you know, a stinking ship, but right now I think the Big 12 is our best move because we're, we're grow. It's a conference that Missouri is growing in, and they're just starting, you know, regain, regain their football tradition. They're, you know, you know, bat, you know, constantly good. They're, you know, getting better in basketball. You know, being more, becoming a more stable program. And I feel like going to the SEC just resets everything. It's back to square one. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they see, you know, the, you know, there's the thought the grass is greener on the other side. Yep. And I think that's what a lot of Missouri fans are seeing with the move yeah. to the SEC. And I, wait till, I, wait till I don't, Missouri I don't think so. Wait till they see their first football schedule. The grass won't be so green anymore. Arkansas at Auburn. Home against LSU at Florida. Oh, here comes South Carolina. All right, get a week off Vanderbilt. Boom, right back at you with a Florida State or a – oh, no, Florida State's not in the Southeast Conference. No. But as, as tough as that Big 12 schedule was, the Southeast Conference schedule is even tougher. What I see happening is I think these teams are going to move. And I think at some point the Big 12 – and by the way, if you're keeping score at home, the Pac-10 now has, what, 12 teams? Yeah, it's actually the Pac-12. They're, the Pac-12? Yeah, they actually cha- they changed their name. Okay. The Big Ten has 12 teams. The Big 12 is down to nine teams. The uh, You know, it gets very confusing. But I do think the Big 12 and the Big East, which both have lost some teams, are going to combine at some point. 
That's and that's I don't the think rumor. they'll take either. it'll be a new they'll you know they'll come up with a new conference name. Yeah, supposedly um, BYU, Louisville, and West Virginia, Louisville, are one, among teams that are yeah. sub- rumored to join yeah. the Big Twelve if Missouri leaves. Mm-hmm. So well, you think trans? You know, I don't know the finances and, and maybe transportation is is cheaper now. They get better deals, but boy, the the transportation costs of you know BYU and and we are not Pittsburgh anymore. Who's a big East? Well, against West Virginia. Yeah. You know, in the same conference, they're traveling practically uh, three quarters of the way across the United States. Yeah. You well, know? that's that's well for football and basketball. That you know, that's not an issue, but it's for the yeah. what they call the non-Olympic, you know, the the non-Olympic revenue sports. Yeah. Very concerned about, by the way, about Missouri women's field hockey. Well, we starting had a struggle. <laughs> we had a field hockey team. Starting to struggle. And Brigham Young Badminton, by the way, clearly is not what it used to be. We got to build up those two. Both those coaches are under fire. Yeah, I mean they're they're not recruiting well. They got to step it up. <laughs> maybe 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 a move to the Big Twelve would help out their recruiting. I'm sure. Big Twelve Badminton fever, catch it. Sure, they could All find right. some badminton badminton girls down in Texas. <laughs> Take it easy. We'll get back to multiple nurses here in just a minute. All right. It's almost like when you come in, we have to have our token Missouri discussion here. I'm sure uh, to the ad nauseum of many of our listeners out there. But bear with us. We're trying to, you know, welcome in a Michael Moreau, make him feel comfortable here, talk about his beloved alma mater. Uh, 888-463-6748. Michael, I know you are a big baseball fan. October baseball steps to the forefront. Have some great series going on. Uh, Cardinals knock off Philadelphia yesterday. I don't know if you watched it or not, but it sets up a great game five. Not tonight. Friday. Friday night. I like yeah. that because we can watch Yankees Detroit tonight. And then separately, instead of switching back and forth, you got, you know, game five, elimination game, Philadelphia and the Cardinals. But your thoughts on uh, the Philly Cardinals well, series, which got evened up yesterday? It's it's a very interesting series. And I don't know if you've heard, you've heard Albert Pujols' comments the other day about the mid-afternoon games? No. Uh, well, supposedly he and few, he and multiple Cardinals were complaining about the shadows that the uh, the, hit, yeah. the hitters' background legitimately creates. so. But I mean, when you think about it, if this is that big of an issue, Philadelphia has to deal with it too. They didn't. What, you know what? What's stopping them from? A lot of times, I'd say that's just an excuse. But you know what? And and you're right. It's not just. I mean, the teams play those games often during the year. But you know, what do they say? That one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing to do in sports, is hit a baseball. Right? Oh yeah. And you know, so it's hard enough as it is. Now here you are trying to pick up that, and you got shade, and you got sun. Have you ever tried playing? You know, I never played baseball, and they kind of love softball. Or you played baseball with the sun in your eyes? One, one of the worst, fe- one of the worst feelings I've ever experienced is having a fly ball hit directly into the sun and yeah. having no idea where the ball was. Did it hit you in the no? In the it old was noggin? way over my head. <laughs> Had no that chance. Is, that is a lonely feeling, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and I. I just looked up and just, you just throw your hands up because uh, you have no idea. And you hope your teammates are backing you up, right? And not counting <laughs> on you to make a catch. You hope so, but. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I, you know, pools, I, I don't know if it's a gripe or a complaint, but I agree with the concern because it's really, really hard. It was a little bit of a hit. It was also a little, he felt, I can tell he felt a little sour because later on in the story, it says if we were the New York Yankees, we would be playing at. Yeah. You know, seven okay. o'clock or eight all right, o'clock. All right. You're putting the negative spin on. I'm with them on that. 
I'm with them on that. But let's get beyond that at any yeah. point, Pujols, son or not, continues crushing the baseball. True. It's, it's been a, it's been a great series. And, you know, the Cardinals have got to give them credit. They've played with their backs to the wall for basically a month and a half now and have stepped up and won the games. And, you know, Ed, Edwin Jackson, after a rough first inning last night, stepped up and pitched great. And, you know, David Freeze, Another one of the, another one of these random Cardinal guys, except he's not random. He's been, you know, a huge hitting prospect in their organization for a while. But, you know, they always find guys that step up for them and get the big hit when they need. And now Friday, we'll see if they can step up against Holiday in Philadelphia. One thing about the Cardinals is they coach them up. You know? Yeah. I mean, they, they take players and they, you know, again, Tony LaRusso can rub you the wrong way a little bit, but they coach him up. Dave Duncan, Dave Duncan will take average pitchers and make them not great, but he'll make them good. And he'll take good pitchers and make them great. They coach him up. They do some legitimate real coaching, both on field and off. The Cardinals, uh, elevate the level of their players, I think, more than any team in Major League Baseball. I mentioned yesterday, Minnesota Twins might be in that category despite the year they had this year. But, uh, do you get the impression, Mike, because I certainly did watching the game a little bit yesterday, that Philadelphia is clearly pressing? It, it seems that way, because they clearly have, in a lot of positions, more talent. They're supposed to have the better pitching. It's kind of funny to draw the comparison between Philadelphia, the the Phillies, and the Eagles, with you know the Phillies rotation yep. being you know that dream, dream team, team yep. and then the Eagles being you know a different dream team. And now both or you know both have struggled lately. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Holiday Holiday pitches on Friday. He's a big game pitcher. Oof. You know, I, I, I'm favoring Holiday right now because I see him just going nine innings and being a bulldog and just settle. You know, if they don't get to him early, I think he settles in and shuts down the Cardinals lineup. Roy Halliday is he's a, a big game pitcher. He's a medium game pitcher. He's a small game pitcher. Pretty much doesn't matter. The guy throws anywhere from a shutout and gives up maybe at most two or three runs. But I do think. Psychologically, St. Louis has got the advantage. By the way, baseball fans out there, you got a little bit of the uh, October fever. Take an aspirin, drink plenty of fluids, and call the coach and the M&M men here. We'll take care of your fever for you. 888-463-6748. Your thoughts, your comments, any of the games out there, what's been an excellent so far. Excellent. Early October playoff slate. Talk a little baseball here. Again, 888-463-6748. But Michael Philadelphia, clearly the favorite team. The best record this year in the National League by far. Um, they're expected to win, and I feel like that's the way they're playing, especially after the Cardinals came back and won that first game. The, the batters up to bat, you can just there's, there's a different body language between the Cardinal hitters. They're the underdog, nothing to lose. They're hunting, and Philadelphia's the hunted. And I think both teams are playing that way. Right, and like he's, like I said, the Cardinals been playing with their backs to the wall. You're right; they've got nothing to lose. They're, they're just playing. If they go home. They're going to be unhappy, but they're going to be the team that's like that's how it's. Hey, we know we weren't supposed to win, so you know Philadelphia won. But we'll see. I think Friday. Friday will be a great game. I'm hoping it'll be uh, you know like a zero zero battle yes. until like the seventh or eighth inning and. Someone comes up with a big hit in the eighth, and one team wins one nothing. Gotta love that stuff. For literally the the tension and intensity on every pitch, 
I mean, you can feel it as you're sitting there watching in your living room. Yeah, I'm, yeah. so it's I'm I'm really looking forward to you know just yep. sitting back and watching it. Yep. Same thing. Yankees in Detroit. I'm not sure who I'm rooting for. Cardinals and Phillies. Not sure I'm rooting for. But like you, I'm rooting for a close game. And now I think the uh, Brewers, since the D-backs tied up the series last night, I think the Brewers D-backs is on Friday as well. So I think MLB has another another great day mm-hmm. potentially set up for them if they have three game fives on Friday. Nice. Texas Rangers ruined everything. Now, I missed the uh, Arizona-Milwaukee game. Uh, was that close? Anything dramatic happened in that game, Michael? Well, I think um, Ryan Roberts' first inning grand slam, huge hit. You know, It's a D-backs team that just has been finding a way to win games with huge hit after huge hit. And it's both teams struggle on the road. So I think I favor I favor Milwaukee in the series, you know, with Gallardo pitching. I'm, I'm assuming Gallardo will be pitching game five, too. Mm-hmm. I think Milwaukee will win that game five pretty easily. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got game five tonight, couple of game fives tomorrow. you got a big football weekend coming up. Great slate of college football games, some good NFL games. we got Monday night football, Bears and the Detroit Lions, uh, we got four pretty good days of sports action coming to us also. In addition, Michael, 40,000-plus runners this weekend, the Chicago Marathon. I don't know. Are you uh, – I'll be I'll be one of them. Serious? Yeah. How about that? I was, I was almost going to kid and say, are you uh, entered among the 40,000? You are running. I am running. <laughs> How about that? Got a celebrity in the house. <laughs> this first-time runner? I am, Yeah, this is his first wow. time. Wow. What are you got to take me back or pardon the baseball interruption here? Isn't there a show like that? Pardon the interruption. Pardon the yeah on ESPN. Yeah, pardon the interruption here, uh, Tony, whatever your name is, and Mike Tarico. Um, we'll get back to baseball and football in just a second. Take me through it first time. How did it come about? What's your training like? Well, I was was working. Well, I ran. Well, I have to start off by saying it all started with my friend Nicole. Who signed? Is she one of the multiple nurses you've been talking to? <laughs> no, she's a not a nurse. A friend from Missouri. Ah, but not and a nurse. Not a nurse. Just check. So she was com- She wanted to do something, you know, big for her twenty fifth <laughs> birthday. Okay. And so she looked up the Chicago Marathon and said, "Oh, let's do it." And at that point, wait, wait, wait. she wanted. You know that, that Dave? No, the hat. She wanted to do it. Let's just. Oh, let's do it. So all of a sudden, she oh, actually, includes you. No, I have to correct myself. The half. And so she go. She's well. Personally, she wanted to do something big for her twenty oh, fifth. Half okay. And it all started. She goes, "Why don't you do it too?" And I was like, "I, I don't know. I don't. Like, I've never run that far in my life. There's like, why would I ever want to start running now?" And then she convinced me to run it. She run the half, and I did the Wait, training program. She won. No, no, no. She ran. She ran. Okay. But she convinced. She, she okay. convinced me to do the half, and I was. I did the training program, and as I continued to do the training tr- program, I got a lot better, and the half went, you know, a lot better than I thought it would. Okay. Half would be, what, about 13 miles? 13.1. It's a long run. Yeah. And then you, held, you held up okay? I did. Um, okay. One day I was working at the bar. I was working at Redmond's, and it was the day of the Chicago Marathon last year, and I saw people coming in much older than I am, and I just kept thinking to myself... So if these, you know, if they can run or even just finish the the marathon, I'm sure at that point I can do this. And so when it came to sign up for it, I decided, why not? You know, I think I can train for it. It's a scary thought, but 
I just think of all the people that have actually finished a marathon, and I went, I you know it's a, it's a good challenge for myself, so why not sign up for it? This Sunday here in the city of Chicago, supposed to be great weather, probably too warm, I would think, for the uh, for the runners, actually. It'll be nice for the uh, the fans out there. It might be a little bit too warm, so that could be. I, I, saw, I saw somewhere around 73. I don't, I don't know if that's changed lately. Yeah. I think that's perfect. It was a marathon like couple three, four years ago yeah, where they, they had ago. to stop it halfway through. Halfway through, yeah. Yeah. So heat can be a problem. All right, so you've been training for 26 miles. I have been, yeah. By far the farthest you've ever ran. What in your training? What's the farthest you've gone? 18.3. The farthest you're supposed to run is 20 in the okay. training program. But, I, you know, there are a couple of weeks where I couldn't run due to, I was like, just trying to rest up my body because, you know, I was hurting in different places, mainly my hamstrings. So I decided, and then I had to get new running shoes. That's that's one thing I suggest to anybody who wants yeah. to start running. Yep. Invest in a good pair of running shoes. Your, your feet are your lifeblood. You got to take care of your footsies. And it com- it's complete. It's already, I've only run it three times and it's already changed the way I've been running. Got to take care of your feet, no question about it. And uh, if you are financially troubled, could be a bit of a problem because it uh, can be an expensive proposition. My son is doing cross country in high school for the first time, Michael, and uh, buying the regular running shoes and then the actual cross country shoe with the spikes. Oh, not a cheap proposition. Yeah, I didn't know they were they they ran in cross country spikes. Yep, that's, new, that's news to me. Yep, it was news to me too. <laughs> me and my pocketbook, but uh, all right, that's outstanding. So, uh, Michael, among am I getting it right? Forty thousand plus. I saw somewhere around there, yeah, yeah. forty to fifty thousand, oh, something cool. crazy like I'm that. I'm gonna, you know, I've threatened it every year. Ninety percent chance I am gonna be down there, possibly at Grant Park for the start of the race, to watch. So I don't know if I can pick you out among the forty thousand, Mike, but if you see me, give me a little wave, okay? I'll do my best. All right, and I'll have a. Uh, we drink butter, Miller. Bud Light? Bud Light sounds good, yeah. Okay. Bud Light. You want that in the beginning or at the end? <laughs> at the end. Joel was going to run the marathon one time, but we, we had a whole thing to help advertise the program. He was going to do a different beer. Drink one beer per mile. Oh, wow. And it would be like a different beer each mile. I'm sure people have tried something crazy like yeah. that. Which sounds cool at the beginning, but like on the 20th mile, you're on your 20th beer. I don't know that that that's probably not healthy. No, I I don't suggest it. <laughs> yeah, for all the young kids out there, don't try that at home, please. Well, that sounds standing. Wish you the best, best of luck, my friend. 26.2. Yeah. Point two miles. It would, for registering it for was it an automatic or did you have to qualify? You have to register. This one you don't you don't have to qualify for. Okay. You, everyone can sign up and run for it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. I'll be out there cheering for you. 888-463-6748. We got all that going on. Great sports weekend. Baseball at the forefront. Let's talk tonight real quick. Michael Murrow. Yankees beat Detroit 10 to 1 at Detroit. Their backs were to the walls. Now the pressure seems to be on the Tigers. Game five back at Yankee Stadium. Ivanova, who I thought was a great Roman conqueror back in the day, but I found out he actually has a 19 and 9 record as a pitcher for the Yankees. He's going up against Doug Fister. Tell us about the pitchers and tell us about what you think is going to happen in a pressure packed game five Yankee Stadium. Well, first I should correct myself. I said there were three game fives on Friday. I guess the Yankees play tonight. Three so game fives. Should yeah. be, there should be two tomorrow. Yep. Well, Nova, Nova's pitched great this year. I think he set a Yankee record. By winning 12 straight decisions. Yep. Something, you know, beat a longtime Yankee record of Phil Necro, I believe. 
I think it might have been one of the Necro brothers of the record he beat and just been dominant and stepped up and t- took the, you know, the Yankees number two starting spot. Where did he come from? Did he pitch last year? Is he a rookie? Or? He's a, he's a rookie. A rookie. A rookie. Yeah. So the Yankees with their multi-million dollar contract and their most pressure packed game of the year throwing the rook out there. Yeah. Well, AJ Burnett was do very, very horrible. Good. Phil Coke, you know, it's definitely not a guy or Phil Hughes was injured a lot of the year. So. They needed somebody to step up, and I can't. I don't. They found they found Nova, who mm-hmm. decided he was going to be one of their best pitchers. And I would think, in a game five elimination game, typically the manager's mentality is all normal procedures for pitchers go out the window. We have to win this game. So yeah, pretty if much. a pitcher's not on, they'll yank him early. They'll throw other starters out there. Yeah, I would say it's all hands on deck because yeah. at this point you just have to advance. If you, if you, you can't save people for a game you're not going to play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone has to be ready to go tonight. Could you see Mariano Rivera coming out in a critical situation, seventh inning maybe? Not that early. The they've, David Thomas, the the Yankees you know setup guy was, who went to the All Star game, mm-hmm. is a guy I could see out that early. You know, maybe Philip Hughes who. Is back with in the in, now in the Yankees bullpen, a guy who I could see maybe doing some long relief if Nova struggles. But I kind of see Nova Nova. I see Nova pitching very well tonight, and the Yankees winning, being at home. I think the Tigers lost their chance to win that game, mm-hmm. win win the series once they lost Game Four at home. Again, a little bit of a psychological advantage I think for Detroit because again the Yankees are favored, expected. To win, so you know it could be a little bit of a press situation. Tell me real quick about Detroit's pitcher. I believe his name is Doug Fister. Doug, no, no silent P, by the way. It's F I S T E R. Fister's the guy. I really don't know too much about. I think they got they got him in a trade at the trade deadline and from the Rangers, maybe. Okay. And he's Ooh. actually pitched. I know he's pitched very well. Nine and two record, one point nine eighty ERA. Yeah, since they acquired him, so. Other than that, I don't really know too much about him because I've never been, I haven't been able to see him pitch. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how he pitches in in a, a crucial situation for the Tigers. So there's another interesting situation. If he's not doing well, do they I'll- throw? Does, would they risk throwing Verlander on short rest again? When did Verlander pitch last? What day? Was it Tuesday he pitched? He might have pitched Tuesday. Wednesday, Tuesday Thursday. or Monday. Okay. I, I would say the answer to that is yes, with definitiveness. Yeah. I think Justin Verlander is one of the guys you'll throw out there, maybe just to get a couple of outs. But like you said, I like the expression, all hands on deck. you got to win or, win or go home. You can't even worry about the next series at this point. So I think Verlander, if needed, absolutely, he will be out there, and uh, Mr. Fister will be on a short leash. By the way, we did call uh, Ron Santo. For a scouting report on pitcher Doug Fister, we asked Ronnie what we expect to see out of Doug Fister. Ronnie said he likes to keep the ball down, likes to get it ahead in the count, likes to change speeds. And uh, <laughs> 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 thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie, tell us about the next pitcher for the San Diego Padre. You ever noticed that? Like he said the same thing about every pitcher. <laughs> Basically, do. Ron had no clue about the guys coming in. The he game. did do that a lot. <laughs> 
All right, 888-463-6748. Dial it up, folks. Talk some October baseball with us. Three Game 5 elimination playoff game. The Texas Rangers are in. They're sitting pretty. Everybody else is uh, tension-packed right now. Should be a great game tonight. Yankees, Tigers, you're picking the Yankees yeah. to win it, though. Yes. Yeah, I think the Yankees will go on and face the Rangers. And mm-hmm. at this point, I think the Rangers have the advantage. And I think I, I could see the Rangers taking it into the World Series. Yep. Got that experience from last year. They got that, that swagger a little bit. Yeah, and they've got an incredible lineup that yep. is just dominated. And they've been, you know, they always say that the lineup, the lineup will get you there, but the pitching will take you into the World Series. Mm hmm. Well, fortunately, Texas has been able to find both this year. They've got pitching, and now they've got a, they've got a great lineup who actually stepped up huge. With you know, Adrian Beltre hit three home runs in game game four to you know after going, I think he was like one for eleven in the first three games. Something something crazy like yeah, that. Having a disappointing series, and he goes bomb, 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 and and with final score is four three. Right. So he single handedly won that game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they say the power won't take you there, but it took the Rangers there. And I think with the Yankees, with the the way the Yankees pitching has been, if they, they get to the next round, I don't think I trust anybody other than CeCe to to do well against that Yankee, Yankee lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Ranger lineup. All right. Detroit Tigers, though, as the White Sox fans will be the first to tell you, they can win big games. They got a little mojo going this year. Maglio Ordonez, Michael, will be back in the lineup. He's been hitting the heck out of the ball last 20 games of the regular season. I think he missed the last couple of playoff games. I don't know if it was an ankle or uh, what their injury was, but Maglio's back in the lineup. Tigers can win big games, and um, it will be interesting to watch. I, I still think Detroit's got a chance in this game. They've had a excellent season, and um, we'll see. We'll see, and Verlander could play a big part of it before uh, before it is over. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. So I mean, it's going to be good. it should be. Hopefully, it's a good game tonight. But I can kind of see a repeat of Game Four where the Yankees blow, blow up, up blow out the Tigers. Right, well, again, I'm, I'm I'm not sure which team I'm rooting for. Probably Detroit a little bit, but I do hope like you for a close finish. Nothing better than that. Right. Get down to the seventh, eighth, ninth inning and just watch the uh, unbelievable pressure on every single pitch. 707 on TBS. That's when the game is tonight. Really, that's your only big sports game. So all eyes, I would imagine the ratings for that game. Not sure if there's a Thursday night football game on it. If there is, it's not a big one, but, uh, no. I, I would think the ratings for Yankees Detroit game five, Michael, gonna be pretty high. You would, you would, as, as an MLB, you know, executive, you would hope, but they've actually been, they've actually, ratings have been down for the playoffs. That horrible Monday night football game killed the, the baseball game that was up against it on Monday. And so I, I personally don't understand why ratings are well, down. Uh, you know, if you use me as exhibit A, I can, I can tell you. And that is, unless you're in a city that was on the brink or to the end of the invested. season, Atlanta, St. Louis, team like that. We kind of lost interest in baseball a little bit. You know, you're all fired up in May and June, July, but it starts to wear if your team is out in August and September. You lose the baseball mojo, if you will. Right. Now the first round of the playoffs start, it takes a while to get the treadmill going again. So, you know, the first couple of games, I didn't watch much. I was on speed two or three of the treadmill, but I'm not up to nine or ten yet, but it's kicking in. So if I'm any indication, and I think I might be of some of the Average fans out there, I think the ratings will go up starting tonight. But early on, I was just trying to get back into the baseball mode. 
Yeah, I I could I can see that worth basically, and especially here in Chicago where both well the Cubs were out in like June and July they were done. The White Sox at least they painfully kept their fans close, and so I can easily see where you know fans of bad teams would just lose interest and just you know slowly get back into it with the good games. Uh, one hour show. We got to move along. Let's get off the baseball front real quick. Before we get into football, a couple of things real quick. The one good, one not so good. The NHL season, hockey about to start. Your thoughts on that? The Blackhawks and then the NBA lockout. I know you're a big yeah. basketball guy, Mike. How disappointing is the potential for no NBA basketball this year? It's it's extremely disappointing because as a Bulls fan, you know you're very excited to see what Derek Rose. Derek Rose and the team will do next. You know, Rookie of the Year, MVP, and, you know, Eastern Conference Finals. You're excited to see what the next step would be for the team. And then you almost weren't as excited because you heard this was coming, and now you don't know when the league will get started up again because you've got two sides bickering over money as usual. So it's it's pretty disappointing overall because, like you said, I'm a big basketball fan and I love watching. So it'll be interesting to see when they actually get the league the league going. Now I know you've got some inside sources um, besides multiple nurses, some other inside sources. In your discussions, Mike, uh, with your people, with a uh, Dwayne Wade, with a Kobe Bryant, with a Tony Parker, with a Derek Fisher, you're uh, I know you don't know for sure. Nobody does. Your uh, prediction, your general feeling on when uh, is it going to go? A couple of weeks and soon go all season, roughly at, at how how bad will the uh, lockout be? Well, it depends on how courageous David Stern is. If, you know, the rumor is on Monday if there's not a de- you know if they're not close or if there isn't a deal by Monday, he's reportedly threatening to cancel the season. And I really, uh, I really don't see Stern doing that. So I personally think they'll. They'll go back and do what they did when they had the last lockout, and they'll have a 50-60 game season and start in late November and play play then. Mm-hmm. And and how's it going to play out? Uh, basically, it's it's not a real complicated negotiation. It's on percentage. It yeah, it really is of the uh, of the taken. Right. And, you know, the players were getting what? What did we say yesterday, David? Fifty-seven percent. Fifty-seven. Yeah. Now they've come down to fifty-three. The owners. The best, best offer they've given was 47. There were rumors that they said, hey, we might throw it out there at 50-50 if we did, and our owners accepted. Would you think about it? And Derek Fisher and the boys flatly said no. That was rumor. They said, one of the reasons they said no to that, because it's not actually a 50-50 deal, there's extra money on the table that the owners get. So it's more like a 53-47 split. So. Uh-huh. Red, you got to read. You got to read the fine lines, huh? Right. Fine and print. Basically, the you know the, I think the owners will they're they're going to wait the players out. I think until the owners you know the players lose a paycheck, and then the players will go well. Well, we have to you know get this thing going. So I don't think the the players can win this win this lockout. Mm-hmm. And especially when you say the players, you know we we keep thinking of the players. You know the superstar guy. We talked about this. A little bit yesterday, um, you know, the superstar guys can get by. Right. A year without, but, but guys number 10, 11, 12 on the bench, now they're still making a million a year. 
Well, don't kid yourself. Well, but those the are the ones. Thing. Those are some of the reasons. Those are some of the guys actually that they're having this lockout because a lot of yeah. a lot. Well, not even not even that. A lot of those players have awful contracts, like and because owners, you know, have been dis disregarding the cap and spending, you know, like forty million dollars on a Gortat, or you know, Darko Milicic is still making a ridiculous amount of money for averaging. You know, seven points a game up until this year, where I think he actually had a decent year. Don't forget that two rebounds a game that Darko gets at seven feet tall. Yeah, so a, a lot of it, you know, they've just been handing out bad contracts, and that's part of the reason why. But I think that's part of the reason why this lockout is happening. Bad contracts. You know, the owners are losing money, and the players mm-hmm. want more money. So, all right, it'll so be the- interesting. The NBA lockout woes continue. A little bit of an insider, Michael Moreau, with advice from multiple nurses, uh, giving us a little inside report. Thank you very much, Michael. What about uh, NHL? And again, we throw it out to our fans here. We jump off of baseball. Moving around topics, you want to check in, 888-463-6748. NHL uh, interest level 1 to 10 in our beloved Blackhawks here in the hometown. I'm kind of like you with the baseball analogy with the playoffs, the, the treadmill. Start slow. S- starting slow because preseason hockey is probably one of the most boring things to watch ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just not exciting at all. And so the Hawks exhibition game I taped from two days ago, I don't I don't need to watch that. I I, I wouldn't suggest it. And I, you know, I'll I'll get in once the season starts. I'll get into it. I'll know who the guys on the team are, but. Before then, I really don't pay too much attention to hockey, and it's slowly, you know, it's slowly been under the radar. Mm-hmm. And it's with a sport that's, you know, it's trying to get back to popularity because after their lockout, they lost a lot of fans, and they're still struggling. So, you know, I'll be into the Hawks yeah. once the season. Do we starts. even know this year who's the favorite team? I don't even think I could tell you that. Not, yeah, I, I don't think I could at, at the yeah. moment, no. I think we could rest assured the Detroit Red Wings are one of the top five teams. By the way, uh, David Olson, if you're in Detroit right now, a pretty good time to be a Detroit sports fan, huh? If the Tigers win tonight, I already heard the city of Detroit is, is almost on overload already, but you've got Tigers, the Lions, obviously, the talk of the town. you got the Red Wings starting. You know Detroit. He's just crazed about hockey in their Red Wing. And on top of it, the Michigan Wolverines and the Michigan State Spartans are both top 25 teams right now. Not bad if you're in the city of Detroit. No, that's one thing Detroit has going for it are its sports franchises. That's right, for now. Sure. Right, right now. Right now. Right yeah. now. Things things can turn really quickly. Yeah. That's good because uh, it's a city that's needs a little, little bit of pick-me-up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on the subject of hockey... Uh-huh. Uh, the Blackhawks are a lot of uh, experts' preseason choices to win the Stanley Cup. Really? Again. Yeah. Little comeback after the a year. Yep. What would you call it last year, Michael? A year malaise, maybe. I, I would say so. Injuries. They kind of, you know, went out there and just thought they had it. And didn't didn't quite have didn't the quite, edge. Didn't quite yeah have that edge. I think they're going to be back this year and a lot hungrier. It's the old expression: harder to stay on top of the mountain than it is harder to climb the mountain. I think the Hawks found that out. Well, well, exactly, and it doesn't help when you when you part ways with seventy five percent of your team. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have the you have the key components in place, but you know that support system that they had. You know, they they were the year they won it. They were a true team, and you just you just can't replicate that with a group of new players. You can't. 
Other way, right behind David Olson, I believe we have Walter Payton's uh, older, younger brother, Eddie Payton, in the house, Michael Moreau. <laughs> not sure if that's Eddie or not. Eddie looks like he has aged a little bit since we saw him last, but uh, hopefully, you know, we talked a little bit about the Walter Payton book. I don't think we said anything bad, but at the end of the show, Mike, one of you or me might be in trouble because Eddie looks like he's got an angry look on his face. I hope not. I got to find a job soon. <laughs> I won't have any. I won't have any money to pay the hospital yeah, bills. Well, my, my bones are very fragile. So if there's an arm to be twisted here, please let it be Michael Murrows, <laughs> who's going to be running the uh, 26.2 miles on the marathon Sunday. Very very impressive. What happens when you hit the wall? By the way, have you have you been coached on that, or have you experienced it? Well, I have. Well, everyone says you're going to hit the wall. So it's basically you're just gonna have to run that last. When you ran the half marathon or you did your 18 mile train run, you didn't hit the wall. No, because on that I I started I tried this new this new method called the Galway running method. Uh oh. It's a method where you 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 run for a while and then you walk, but you have to walk while the key is to walk while you're still feeling good, and so. So sprints followed by walks as a training device. As a training device. Interesting. And, and actually, the the idea behind it is that towards the end of the race, when you actually finish stronger instead of dying down, and then the next day your legs actually feel a lot better than they would if you ran the whole time. Okay. So I'm gonna. You're supposed to train with it. You know, I wish if I had heard with heard about the method a little earlier, I mm-hmm. would have. It's called the Gallic method. Galloway. Galloway method. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a. There's a website on it. I looked up the other day. Interesting. But it's it's something I'm gonna try on Sunday to you know run for a while and then walk while I still All feel right. good. Interesting strategy. I I was worried about hitting the wall, David, when I ran the uh, half marathon way back, way back when. I didn't make it, by the way. But uh, the problem was I hit the wall, like at about the 400 meter mark. <laughs> Which, my first indication, Mike, that it wasn't going to go well for me. <laughs> you, ideally, you want to hit the wall a little bit later in the race, right? A little, little later, closer to the, <laughs> towards the, like the last yeah. third of the race, probably. That's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But, uh, well, yeah, all right. I, I you know it goes way back to the, I think it was the Fartlek method. Pardon the expression. Alan Farklick. I'm serious. No, not F-A-R-T, but F-A-R-K. The Farklek method of training, and his training was... Not to just run the same speed. Now, I don't think it was quite the Galloway method of run-walk, but he would, he would emphasize when you're training for distance running. And also better cardiovascularly for you for health reasons to run hard, then into a jog, run hard, and then into So instead of one steady pace, go fast and then a little bit slower, faster, slower, better for the heart, better for the pace. Right. It's inter- interval training. Yeah. 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 There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good luck to you again. 883-468-6378. Phone number here. Two guys at a mic show. Actually, one guy, two mics today as we got Michael Moreau in the house, the proud graduate of Missouri University. All right. We got a little NBA at NHL. And I was not even aware as a Chicago fan. Shows you how much out of hockey we are that the Blackhawks are one of the picks this year. Impressive. Yeah. I've, I've been reading that a lot lately, but like I said, I've been so tuned in to football, college, college football. MLB playoffs that have kind of hockey starting has kind of snuck up on you. Yep. Unless you're a really big hockey fan. I'm right with you in that category. Uh, by the way, happy uh, Yom Kippur starting today or tomorrow, David? David has no idea, but a happy Yom Kippur I believe to it's, our Jewish brethren out there. I believe it's tomorrow. Yeah. Last week was Rosh Hashanah. Yes. 
What was the joke with Sarah Palin? Who, by the way, Sarah Palin, quick note, uh, officially said she will not be running next year, correct? Correct. She's out. The joke that was out there last week, I think uh, Sarah Palin called the White House, asked for Joe Biden. The secretary said Joe Biden is not in. It's Rosh Hashanah. And Sarah Palin, oh, how are you, Rosh? Nice to talk to you. <laughs> I haven't heard that. But uh, so we lost Sarah Palin and we lost what Chris Christie yep. out of the Republican. Field. Yep. So it looks like your batch of Republican candidates is all you're getting to choose from. Mm-hmm. Could be Mitt Romney. That'll be you know that'll be that'll be interesting. It's I can't believe how quickly that's fastly mm-hmm. approaching. The, the the problem with Mitt Romney is he he is out of that entire crop he's the most electable one because the independents I could see could actually vote for him, but. The far right hates him. Yep. And that's why he won't get yep. the nomination, and then they'll end up electing somebody that's got no chance of beating Obama. It's John Kerry all over again, mm-hmm. but on the right side. Catch 22, basically, for the Republicans. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, as a Democrat, I can only say that's just too bad. I feel bad for him. But um, watching the Republican debates, and I've watched them, great entertainment, great theater. And it's, I'm in a weird situation, Mike, because the guy I like the most is a guy who some of his views I completely disagree with. There's something about Rick Santorum, the kid from Pennsylvania. When I say kid, 53 years old, although he looks like he's about 30. Couldn't believe he's 53 years old. But I actually like his personality, like some of his views, but then he's got some ridiculously um, conservative social views that just turn me off on him. But that... So the guy I like the most, if this makes any sense at all, some of his views I completely disagree with. I mean, I can see that. It's something that's something I'm going to have to definitely get more educated on with the race coming up in 2012. So, mm-hmm. some I will look into that a lot more with Boy. more intent. Our guy Barack Obama though taking a lot of body punches, Mike. A lot of body punches. Hopefully he's got a strong abdomen because they're they're jabbing at him. They're yeah, working on him. Knew it wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't wasn't going to be a quick four year fix. Yeah. So yeah. All right. We will see. Uh, let's get to. Uh, you mentioned college football, Mike. Again, uh, the show one hour show. We got to keep it moving on the fast track here. College football coming up this weekend. Got uh, the Red River Shootout. We talked about that yesterday. Oklahoma and Texas. We talked about maybe the demise of the Biggies. Hopefully, whatever happens. Maybe you're in this boat. Maybe you don't feel as strong as I do. I'm hoping Oklahoma and Texas, that rivalry continues because I think it's one of the best in college football. But they play this Saturday, 12 o'clock. Yeah, I would, like you said, I would hope if any, whatever happens that they keep the rivalries together because one of my big concerns, this is just a side note, is that Bill Self recently has said if Missouri leaves, he doesn't have to schedule Missouri to play in basketball. And, I mean, he has nothing to do with scheduling, but with the way he's run that basketball program, I imagine he'd get a lot of support to not schedule them. That's a, that's a big game for It's Missouri a big game for, for both. For both. Okay. It's a huge rivalry. So it's something that I hope that the schools are able to keep. But this game, is it's always interesting, this Red River, Red River rivalry game is always interesting because one team could be a lot better than the other. But the game, some some way, you know, it finds a way to be close because it's, it's a rivalry game. But I could easily see Oklahoma winning this game by at least two touchdowns. Yep. I just I don't see Texas playing very well with a young quarterback and a little Colt McCoy's little brother. I yep. forget his name. Cade Cade McCoy. Cade Case something or like something that. like yeah, that. Case. 
playing little brother, you know, throwing the Jordan Shipley's little brother, and I just don't believe. I just don't believe Texas is a very strong team right mm-hmm. now. Their defense is pretty good. I disagree with you a little bit. I think Texas will take it right down to the wire. I think there's the possibility of the upset. Offense has struggled. By the way, the quarterback woes you mentioned, the guy that's out, the starter, Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Not only is he out, he's injured. I believe I read in the paper today. He also says he will be transferred. Right. So you talk about a change. He goes from starting quarterbacks five, six weeks ago, and now he's out as the starter and says he's going to leave school. Uh, Yeah, he's a smart kid. He sees the writing on the wall with the two guys being in front of him. Basically, he got demoted in that game. He got taken out of from first to third string quarterback Mm -hmm. because he really hadn't been playing well. He didn't play well last year. Didn't really, didn't really play well this year. And so he was just out immediately. So I can see him. Going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you got to sit on the bench, uh, more athletes than none now seem to want to uh, transfer to another school, even if it's a smaller school. All right, college football, you're a big fan. What other games on the docket? Again, tomorrow is a football Friday, so we'll preview it a little more intensely. We'll play Beat the Schmoes. Michael, I need some help. I've been struggling on Beat the Schmoes. I may consult you off air. But uh, what other college football games this weekend? Get the blood moving for you. Um, that's something I would have to look at, look into. I haven't seen the schedule, but I think Alabama, Florida might be this weekend. Uh, Florida LSU. Florida LSU. That's that's going to be a quality game. I'm looking forward to watching that. The SEC always has some exciting football games that you know seem to come down to the wire, or just you know one te- you know with those two strong teams. Well, it'll be interesting to see how those two that game plays out. Florida at LSU. Boy, you, you play Alabama one week. We talked about how brutal the SEC schedule can be. Next week, you got to come right back. And basically, they're playing the number one and number three teams in the country back-to-back. Right. It's This will be – we'll see if Florida is for real. See if they can, you know mm-hmm. – well, I mean, last week was a tough test for them. And this week will be even, will be even tougher because LSU, I think – LSU is really good. I think they're the number one – they're – Definitely the number one team in the country. Now help me out. LSU and Alabama, different conferences? No, they're both in the SEC. So they, I know that. Oh. I'm talking about they're not scheduled to play. The only time they would meet is uh, in a conference championship game. I, be- I believe so. I'd have to look at the. I'd have to look at the okay. conference splits. So if LSU runs the table, what do they call the divisions in the SEC? I think that they're just east and west. East and west. Um, so if LSU runs the table, Alabama runs the table, then clearly conference championship, the winner of that game, I would assume, would be an automatic for the BCS national championship game. Yeah, I would say I would say so. Yeah. If both teams are undefeated at right. that point, yeah. Right. All right. Good stuff still ahead. I, I mentioned, Mike, see if you agree with me, that there's seven teams that have uh, separated themselves from the pack in college football. LSU and Alabama. Right. Okay. Boise State. I'm going to put Boise State in that group. I, you, I think you have to. I'm going to put Stanford in that group, who keeps playing late games that nobody knows about. They destroyed UCLA this past weekend. Andrew Luck playing at just a ridiculous pace. So I'm going to put them in that category. Um, Oklahoma. Clemson. That's the other team I put in there. Clemson. Well, that's a surprise. I think I, but you know, Clemson's won what? Not one, but not two. Three big game back to back to back. Got to put them in there. For now, yeah, I, I would say for now you have to. Twenty-three to three over Vatek. Yeah, that was kind of a, that was kind of a shocker how they just went in and just dominated Virginia Tech. That, like that, that was the proving game for me this past weekend. What about Oklahoma State? In would you put them in that upper echelon? 
I would put them more so than Oklahoma. More than Oklahoma? Yeah, I, Oklahoma, I just don't think, well, Missouri and Oklahoma played, and I just don't think Oklahoma has impressed me to a point where they're the runaway winners for the for even the Big 12 Conference. Okay. So I think they have their weaknesses that I've seen that if they don't get fixed, a good team like Oklahoma State or maybe a, a Baylor or Texas A&M can beat them. Because if, if you can get a running game going on Oklahoma and you can beat their linebackers in the passing game, I think Oklahoma's beatable. Spoken like a true Missouri grad. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly an objective opinion. Michael, we got to wrap it up. Great to have you in the studio as per all. Are we going to get you back tomorrow? Or? Yeah, I'll be in tomorrow. Two in a row? Two in a row. Shocking. <laughs> and I would like more studies from some of those multiple nurses you consulted, okay? I'll do my best. All right. I might need pills, but we'll talk after the show. <laughs> All right. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Phenomenal job. We'll see everybody for a football Friday tomorrow. i got to break out of my slump. Don't forget, Mike, get your Beat the Smells picks ready. I'll be ready. I'll, I'll do some research tonight. Not too much. So we found a little bit. Don't overthink it, though. That's a success for Beat the Schmoes. Right. All right. Have a great day, everybody. 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Two guys at a mic. Talk zone. Dot com.